Interactive Podcast. Licit blessings. Fully reflective. I'm making some grits. Brother Marion is looking for a record that is definitely, we, we know it's here, but we're not quite sure where it is. Um, a, the ghost in the shell kind of vibe. Um, this brother and I met um, through a dear brother of ours named Greg. And turns out we had mutual friends in the uh, LA area, Atwater Village area. Shout out to Meg, the yogi. Um, Meg. And uh, yeah, we've only known each other for like, has it even been a year? I don't even think so. No, I don't think it's been a year yet. It's been like six months or something. This April, I think. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. But felt that camaraderie, felt that kinship right away. So we're working on this record called Sons Lament, and it's got like a, a really specific acoustic identity to it. And then there's this other record called Mowgli that's got a very specific like digital synthesizer trap identity to it. And also sometimes surprises just show us that we didn't yeah, even know. I, I found this other record that we made uh the i think it was the first beat that we made the day that you came through the studio and we started cooking and the joint is on fire too it sounds like that i think we should uh i think we should play them colder because that's such a that's such the vibration of the how the unique signature of this project and and the manifestation of like your channel in respect to like how you're hearing it sonically and i feel like that song is so close to the to the precise geometry that you're looking for and i think that it's so unique too and its signature you know like it's just got such a unique approach and I think what it it was like we talked about Frank Ocean and Bob Dylan and and you know those two things sort of meeting in the middle and that's such an interesting um, sonic tapestry to try to try to weave and I think we did a pretty good job of it I can't wait to hear it mixed yeah no likewise um you want to play it through your end yeah sure the first time that I heard this song, I fell in love with it. You know. And then I, I want to talk about, oh yeah, play this and then we'll talk. Feel with 
some legs on it it does it's walking <laughs> it's walking that's christopher walking it's walking well cool. yeah the uh the thickness of that acoustic is definitely grown and i think that's a key element for it to not feel so thin yeah uh, greg and i were talking about that of like it's definitely become I don't know, I suppose like a, a preset identity in at least my my previous chapter of like recording default settings of like making my vocals thin. I like when instruments are thin, but if they're not mixed properly, it can almost be too sharp. Yeah. But I feel this like width, width, uh, width and body that you've added to them and kind of feel like they're, it might not be finished in terms of the depth and, even, and probably in a mixing element as well, the depth of the actual guitar. Right. Yeah, I think that they can, that they'll be definitely be able to add some more body to it. And, you know, like a homie like Greg, he's got so many different tricks up his sleeve with regard to how to, how to treat different things. And I mean, you're, there are some engineers that you could, you know, play an acoustic guitar 10 feet away from the microphone in a big room and they can find a way to make it sound good, you know. So it's like, there are these gurus, wizards, mixing wizards that can really make and I mean, you know, like the interesting thing about a record like 22 Million or Frank Ocean is that there are so many elements that almost seem accidental. That's one of the things that Justin was talking about in an interview that I read about that record. He was like, yeah, we're just trying, we were trying to create 
um, sonic tapestries where there were things happening that just sounded random or accidental or like they didn't mean to happen. Like I think that they that's uh, that record 29 Stratford Apartments. It's the acoustic guitar, the really ballady, beautiful one that's on that uh, record. They like took a tape and like ripped all the tape out and crumpled it up and then fed it back into the tape and recorded the song with that. So there's like whole little pieces of the tape reel missing because of the way that they treated it. So it sounds super gritty. And, and that's what I think we all love about that record. It's just like, it feels super raw and super, super uh, like lo-fi to some extent, but then there's some really beautiful mixing techniques in there too. So I think that when we get that record touched up and mixed it, it's got that, that potential, that frequency to really like touch you on a multi-dimensional level. Yeah, and, and then potentially getting it ran through a tape deck, adding some warmth to it and, and have that analog hi-fi with with the lo-fi moments. That's and there's a moment in there where it's uh uh look in the mirror song or uh, no um uh it's, it's, it's the line where he's asking he's like looking for his friend, looking for my looking a twin but haven't found him. Sure. Yeah. I saw no one. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to find the lyric that it's it's the the guitar goes and you know, yeah. it's really bright and it's like I hope that never goes. I I want to make sure that doesn't go away. It's very powerful. Me too, man. Yeah, there's it, it's chaos and the way that you just sort of described it to me was like angsty, like you know, like there's this sort of angst where there's like sadness but it's like you don't want to mess with this person that's, that's speaking this <laughs> you don't really want to test this dude because <laughs> he's seen a lot of things and yeah you know, I, I feel like that's been translated yeah it feels like jack sparrow moved up into the mountains and like just wanted to like settle down and like have like a a llama farm and then like yeah. and then there's <laughs> these zombie these zombie pirates just won't leave him alone and he's like you fuckers i tried to leave that in my past but i gotta be i gotta be the old me again or it's got some kind of angst and like unsettled unresolved like uh it's like a shutterstock image it's like a, a default like a image on the internet of like just the camera behind a random person looking out into this like vast open perspective of like wilderness or mountains the the infinite possibilities the determinedness of like needing clarity the determinedness of needing resolution and also like a, a sanctity of knowing that it's not here right now but at least i know that so i know where to go yeah and in that and that and that really slow pacing of like just allowing for those things to arrive like clarity to arrive when, when it does yeah, at its own pace. Yeah. Can't rush that. Yeah, it's a beautiful piece of music. I think we're gonna have, I think I'm gonna have time finding this thing. I think I'm gonna have to do some deep digging. I'm not sure. I've been in, in the middle of a transfer between two computers and uh, some, of, some of the information may be here and some of it may be there still. I know how that juggle goes. Gravitating. But I'm so stoked to be working with fresh technology, man. I want a super, super left turn segue to a, I think a very powerful 
topic that you're a designated crystal to point at. All right. Um, and if you don't want to go there, like swerve the caution lights on or whatever. But, uh, um, man, I think it's so powerful, your relationship with your mom. And, you know, we met and immediately drop in about like Christ consciousness, Krishna, Shiva, the yogic pathway, uh, music, but then like art, art as alchemy to be to be the indigo child there's a, there's like a hawk or oh no it's a uh oh it's a blue jay also blue um it's like using art as the alchemy knowing that you are the indigo christos itself you are the second coming i am that that i am i am that i am oh shit i'm awakening into the matrix i got parents they got trauma fuck and like that that river you know it's a it's an immediate oh i know you you're me in a different body how's that going and we dropped in really fast and then which mind you it's it's a uh, december 21st 2021 and we met i think it was april or june maybe yeah it had to be april i think it was april man and then one last piece of context i mean i mean you know i'm here with my mom and pops and I mentioned you know not only am I like I explore on my own but now I've been exploring for about seven years and now I now I guide others into those experiences DMT changed my life ayahuasca changed my life psilocybin changed my life ganja changed my life and these are sacred medicines that are so misunderstood that for whatever reason it feels like my heart the Christ within me as me feels like it's a some kind of a testimony mission to help educate not just baby boomers, but there's a lot of perspectives, indigo kids and, and elsewise, uh, Gen Z, XYZ, LMNOP, whatever, that don't understand the power of this medicine. So I've been leaning to them. And then I'm with Pops a few weeks ago at Joe Rogan's. And I'm like, hey, Joe, I want to talk about soul starving DMT with you. And he's like, cool, Ted, when's the last time you went elk hunting? I'm like, man, what a what a dimension that is to like insert that conversation in. and I can't force mom and pops to talk about that. Uh, I want to give a couple bullet points before I hand the mic. Cause it's a, I think your context is so special and my context of seeing you is special as well. Um, and I think I told you, I don't know if I did tell you actually, uh, mom was like with ex governor of Texas, Rick Perry and he's like literally passing legislation to make psilocybin, MDMA, um, and ibogaine legalized for clinical usage for PTSD and trauma. And she texts me one day, she's like, here with Governor Rick Perry talking about 5-MeO-DMT. Whoa, what should I say? I'm like, um, tell him that I, I don't want to talk to him. And, he, and then he FaceTimes me from her phone. And he's like, and he's like, hey, Rocco, sounds like you're doing good work, man. We're over here just getting past the I'm like, man, bro, this is my my calling, my work. Please, I would love to work with you. He's like, man, I'm getting on a helicopter right now. I'm gonna have to call you back. Goo 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 goo. And I, it was a short call, but it was like, whoa, it's a it's a powerful mirror that even folks as conservative, you know, right wing, uh, baby boomery as my folks. And, and as rigid as they are to it, 
Cause that was one of the things that your mom said to me is like, you know, you just got to talk to your mom. And I was like, I don't know if you know my situation. Um, I'm glad that you have found it, but I'm not quite sure you understand the extent at which what I'm dealing with. Um, but I've found it so, so dope and so powerful. And I see you as such a mirror as that, that you stepped into that moment of sharing your psychedelic awakening and you're not just your psychedelic, but your, your psychedelic al alchemy into your and part of amongst your crystallinity and your, your Christ conscious awakening. Um, man, what's that like? What's that like for you having that relationship with your mom, but also, you know, her seeing you as that guy? Uh -huh. um, well, I think uh, the, most, the most recent experience that I have with her, um, uh, my birthday was November 4th. And uh, I have my partner here in town, Ella, who, you know, is a really beautiful um, divine feminine mirror um, for that consciousness and is such an aid in reflecting certain things that need to be seen and understood. And she has uh, a perspective on my chart, my Vedic astrological chart. And she has a things that Quick context, Ella, his, his partner is a high level Joy Tish, Vedic, yogic astrologer, sees the light as the karmic body in a very, very highly integrated, intelligent way. So yes, she is quite calibrated. So we, we uh, my mother came to Los Angeles um, to see, to hang out with us on my birthday. And we decided to drink uh, mushroom tea, strong, strong dose of of the, of the tea and um and you know i think one of the one of the most important parts of my relationship with my mother is that through like when i was when i was much younger i struggled with a lot of discipline issues and i was just very um like i got medicated when i was very young because i was just like hyper intelligent and just like running around everywhere and just couldn't sort of be contained and and they and they prescribe that as ADHD. Yeah, yeah. And, and what was the prescription? Ritalin. It was yeah, Ritalin. At six years old, so I was I was very very young when they started trying to sh you know shut me down. <laughs> you know, they, they were like, "Ooh, we're not ready for this one yet." So this is also part of your testimony that I see as the Christ light that gets labeled as being autistic or Aspergers or dysfunctional or hyperactive when actually it's it's genius potency that's misunderstood and isn't understood how to like interface with that as a young person. Classic right. '90s kid kind of trauma. Definitely, hyperactive vibe, and yeah, and it's and it's um, and it's also you know a, a function of our public school system and, and like how how it's able to interface with children that have gifts that have certain needs that the school system is not. It's not that they can't; it's they're not willing to accommodate them, and they're not willing to really like take a look at how to help children develop the skills to like, not everybody is going to be working at nine to five, but so, so people, some people have these, these sets of tools and gifts available to them that are not like the rest of the children. And that they, there needs to be a way to figure out how to not sequester them from the, from the herd, but also let, let them be an integrated part of, you know, forming it. And I think that that's, especially in South Carolina and, and lower, um, 
you know, like lower, like I think South Carolina is like 48 in the testing um, and like standardized testing in the United States, which is really bad, <laughs> like not a, not a great result. So um, yeah, I, I, I was, it was sort of a rock and a hard place in that, in that environment. But I, um, I uh, have been through a lot and was institutionalized when I was younger because I was just like, my hormones were raging and I was medicated in there, which is so much happening in my family dynamic with drama and, and my sister uh, was violated by someone very close to our family at a very, 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 very young age. And it wreaked havoc on, my, on our family. But one of the things that the trauma and all the, all the stuff that I went through, it did is that it gave my mother and I an opportunity to have a very honest, transparent relationship. And so the relationship developed in, in a way where I was talking to her about almost all the experiences I was having in my life, whether it be with partners, women, with substances, with trouble that I got into, you know, what, whatever it was, I was able to fully drop in with her. And maybe, I, maybe it wasn't even like that I was able to, that I chose to do that, you know, and like we just developed this really deep friendship um, and then I, I started studying with a, a, a brother who is steeped in Lakota tradition and uh, non-duality and, and started sort of relaying the information that I was getting from him to her, you know, around a lot of things. And she was still very opposed to psychedelic medicine at this time, but through uh, just her sort of witnessing my awakening and just like in reflection of some of the deeper medicine experience that I that that I'd had the the transcendent you know out of body like upper room type stuff and I was able to come back and reflect some of these things she was able to hear it at first it was just like my son is losing his mind he's like talking to angels and he's like being told that he's an embodiment of Christ and all these different things he's losing his like mind and that's okay, but he seems like he's doing okay. He seems like pretty grounded and pretty like straight ahead. So like, I just kept, you know, speaking to her about it in a way that, uh, and, and through more experiences and more integration with all the things that I had interfaced with, I was able to sort of learn how to massage the communication of these things to, to people that are having trouble like grasping some of these concepts and stuff like that. And my mom was one of them. And I finally, got her to come sit for ayahuasca in Los Angeles with my uh, church here. And, um, and she sat for with, with the frog medicine with combo as well. And, and she just had an incredible heart opening experience. And, you know, I, I turn around at one point in the ceremony and my mom has got like the hawk feather in her hand and she's just like shaking it with her eyes closed, just like praying, you know, just like really, really going into it and and um one of the i think for my testimony with the when we talk about christ consciousness is the relationship with the divine mother and like seeing my mom as like awaken and, and then refer to me as like her teacher and her guide and her you know her um someone who has helped her to shed light in different areas of her life that she never would have um, and you know she's in she's 64 and she's actually been coming to a place 
after the most recent medicine work that we did in Los Angeles with this with the mushroom tea, I watched her go through a catharsis experience in this medicine. And I didn't drink a lot of it. I just like held space and played music and was burning essences and you know just really holding an energetic container of the space for her. But to witness her go through this catharsis and then have the medicine ask me to put my hands on her and feel the energy happening between us. So I put my hands on her shoulders and just like her energy charged up and then she just started to purge energy and like tears and like was just really praying to like relieve some of the anxiety that she's been experiencing. And I felt this like massive shift in her energy. And, um, and I, I think that the gift of our relationship is that I have, I'm able to just see my mother as, as a, as a person sometimes too, you know, just as a, just as a sister, you know, like, a like a, Hey, like she's, She's not above me or behind me or below me or around. She's just with me, like walking with me, you know? And, and I think that that relationship to parent is such a, such a difficult one to navigate sometimes. And I think that through all the trials and tribulations of my childhood and stuff like that, that we were able to find this common ground of seeing eye to eye, you know, seeing level to level. I hear you I hear you pointing at like the neutralization of that like oh I'm parent I'm child hierarchy and yeah. it like it harmonizes like yeah but we're both in this shit together and I got codes you got codes let's meet let's meet yeah. in this middle place absolutely yeah the the neutralization of the positioning of the posturing and, and like I think it sort of naturally took its time for for it to happen but um as the the, the beautiful thing about it is, is that as I've sort of reflected some of the wisdom that has come through my teachers to my mom when I'm going through difficult periods where you know where where the blinders are on and you're just going through the waves of of being a human being like she can reflect some of these tools back to me as I as we've as we now share this body of information and we share these experiences and you know she's not she's not ready to to really dive into a deep consistent psychedelic practice but the experiences that she's had with them she's really taken them seriously and really taken the integration phase um very seriously and it's something that i think like you like you were saying about misunderstanding the medicines and things like that is that in our culture and in, and in like new age culture and that sort of a thing it's like people are looking for experiences but the experiences contain information that is not always presented at the time of your interfacing with it, it takes time for these codes to sort of like seed and sprout and then, you know, break the surface and bloom. And, and um, some of these really powerful experiences, we need to sit with them. And she's really shown me, what, because I'm very much more of the mind that like, I wanna just grab what I can when I'm there and when I have the op opportunity to, and like sitting in a regular ayahuasca circle and that sort of a thing. My mom has really taught me, she was like, you know, I don't, I don't know if I ever need to take that the, a high dose of psilocybin ever again because I have so much to unpack and it's just like wow that's a really really graduated perspective from someone who hasn't spent a lot of time in the medicine and but she's she's been allowed into some of these really you know sacred rooms in the in the multi multi-dimensional you know omniverse and I think that that's a, another part of that journey too is that 
do you have to sort of have an invitation to those to some of these rooms and um i'm fortunate that she's she has the spiritual perspective that she does because i mean i serve her hape you know indigenous amazonian mapacho tobacco and she goes straight into you know prostration and prayer and just like her third eye opens up and she starts weeping and she's just like she's so easily spiritually moved and so in that way i'm very fortunate that i have a mom that that is tuned to that frequency and it's made my life so much more meaningful you know it's it's um and it also has made my attachment to her so much more potent and I've had to recently conceive of her demise, you know, like I, I see her slowing down in her body and in her thoughts and in her, you know, way of being. And, and I've had to interface with my mother's death for the first time in my life recently, and like interface with the possibility of it, you know, as a reality. I'm in terms of that. And so that's, it's been a really, really powerful uh, realization too, but the psychedelic work is also death practice. It's also, it's also our spirit's ability to tra to travel in in these other dimensions and be able to stay centered and stay like in the breath or in like you know the idea of breath or the concept of breath, which is the universal zero point moving prana through us. Yeah, exactly. So well, this is this is an interesting segue. So that loud beep noise that ding. I just sent you this quick video, which we don't need to watch the whole thing, but if you could just watch. Uh, the first 10 seconds like right now on this streaming situation because this to me is an archetype that is such a trauma happening right now and we'll just watch like the first 20 seconds and press pause when you feel like you get what's going on So as context, I just sent brother Mirion, he, he's talking about his mom and he's like, man, this is, this is the, this to me is the core essential, like, uh, example of, of awakening. What does it mean? It means you're awakening through the ego complex into a higher state of awareness of unity, that all is one and not just as a freaking stupid new age concept, as like an experiential reality that if- Is it actually demonic? Is it actually something to be concerned about? Or is it a bunch of just paranoia from these religious Christians thinking everything's demonic? Well, let me tell you, two years ago, I was a certified yoga instructor with hundreds of hours of training, and it was my passion. My passion was healing. My passion was helping people heal. And little did I know I was deceived, and not until I was saved by Jesus Christ did I know that, whoa, yoga is a whole different animal. This is... I got it. <laughs> so, so before I, you know, you know, I could put all kinds of words to that, but what is that? What did we just, what did you just watch? We just left this beautiful, we just left this beautiful dimension of, of talking about you and your mom harmonizing consciousness. Now, what is that? It feels, it feels like separation. It feels like uh, pure taking yoga and taking Christ and separating them as if they are something like un, that are unrelated, <laughs> you know, which is antithetical in my understanding. It's which okay so for context for those listening and watching because we can't put it on screen we're not that tech savvy yet um this is this dude everett Roth or roth blessings to this brother 
um, my mom sent me this video almost a month ago, or a version of this video where he's basically saying the same stuff as a, a 40 minute version. This is a seven minute version. Uh, the, the video is on YouTube, ex yoga instructor tells all is yoga demonic. And I mean, within, within seconds of watching this video, I was, I was really confused as to why my mom sent it to me. So I was like, yo, what, what, why'd you send me this? And she was like, did you watch the whole thing? I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I can. It's, it's crazy. She's like, please watch the whole thing. I was like, can you tell me why you sent it to me? Cause it's insane. This guy doesn't know what yoga is. If he's saying these things, she was like, I don't know about you, but please, I just need you to watch the video. And I was like, man, are you saying that this is your belief and you're sending me this because he's speaking for you kind of thing? And she didn't really respond that much. I, I did my best to watch it. And this, you know, this, this brother's basically saying that yoga is channeling demons. These postures are channeling demons. Um, Taoism is, is uh, and he says it in this way where he's like, they talk about a universal consciousness that you're uniting with and they don't, they don't, uh, he's like yoke. It means to yoke, to, to be yoked. They don't say to be yoked with what? And he's just framing it in this way that it's like kind of preaching to the choir with, with this attitude of, it's like a spiritual tribalism hierarchy separation consciousness and it's it's i don't know if you could say it's the opposite of what we were just talking about with what you you and your mom are experiencing with this it's grounded it's grounded in earthly elemental emotions and tangible sensory clarity you, you know when you're in a you're in a psilocybin situation and for all those that have had fear come up that's usually a reflection that you haven't processed some shit that this medicine saying, uh, it's time, no more, no more running. This is where it happens. Um, and to me, this is, this is a trauma. This, this, this brother speaking is a reflection of a trauma in our psycho our, our collective psycho spiritual identity system, which is basically what Eckhart Tolle talks about is the pain body. It's like literally a pain body primary nodal point because it it makes such a distance between us and them us right y'all wrong and it has this uh this tone that i mean i know so many beautiful christians that are just heart-centered beings that just love me and love people and they they call it god and they they call it jesus and they call it christ and they know that means love and to love thy neighbor and it's good and there's several others that have Christian humans that I've interfaced with that there's this like subtle glaze to the eyes where there's like, it's an unarticulated nonverbal judgment. And I have a mentor that talks about it as the, the denial of the kingdom. They're basically looking at you and being like, Ooh, you're not Christian. You don't, you don't get to come in here. This is the club. And it's, I feel it as violence. Yeah. Um, any, I mean, coming from South Carolina, any, have you interfaced with that? And also does your, has your mom and you interface with that? And all, and obviously your partner being a, I mean, I've talked to her, I've had a session with Ella. It's like beautifully, to me, integration 
is awakening. When someone's really integrated their, their emotions, their mind, their body, their, their face, literally their facial expressions, they're present. They're not here with you and then having like a mental thought conversation in the back of their head. Like they're here now. Uh, Ella being trained deeply in yoga and de deeply in joy tish, which is like a really refined, nuanced um, segment of, of yogic sight which is really just about service to assist another person in seeing clearly and understanding why you got what you got. Um, yeah. Any, any experience that you've had with this, this kind of dogmatic lensing? Yeah. I mean, for sure. Especially in the South. Um, I can imagine. You know, I, um, I experienced, I've experienced a sort of a, um, a myriad of different sort of Christian uh, posture points, if you will. Um, the uh, I, I came up in like an Episcopalian sort of, you know, like Catholic tradition church. And um, I've heard the word Episcopalian, but what does that exactly mean? It's it's a, it's of the it's of the Catholic dioceses, and so it's it's it, we we take communion and um, it's like the formal formal vibe. Yeah, it's but it's but it's a little less than than Catholicism. It's it drawing from the same from the same river, but it's not exactly as rigid and refined, you know. So, gotcha. And so it's uh, there was a I remember there was a preacher there that really was he would move me when I was very young, but I don't remember a lot of the things he said because I was still very young when it happened. But you know, like I think what happened for my mom to sort of interface with the reality of what what. Um, rigid fear paradigm based Christianity because I mean you know the reality of it is is that's what that's what keeps people in line that's what keeps people from moving from from allowing other people into the kingdom from drawing lines in the sand that sort of a thing is this fear-based paradigm and that's what keeps people looking for separation from traditions that they don't understand and from esoteric knowledge and wisdom and the reality is as you know it's the, that was not Christ's vibe at all and that was not the and Christ was not some pious you know dude zooming around he was he was just offering enlightenment in the in any way that he that he could and offering love and freedom from fear you know and that's what psilocybin is an awakening a walking through fear and lies illusion to get to the nugget of truth and there's some folks that talk, and, and I want to touch on two things. One, what he may have actually been doing, and then two, dude's name. Mm -hmm. um, so you say Christ, but we're talking about a man named Yahshua, Yahushua. Yeah. But his, his title is Christ. Mm -hmm. But this is an interesting, interesting distinction that I know, particularly some people don't understand the difference between the name Jesus and the name Yeshua, the name Christ, the term Christ, the bio, the biophysical term, what it really points at. Um, but there, and then the second point was, um, anything you want to point at that? And then the second point is, uh, there's some, there's some folks, shout out to Paul Stamets, shout out to Terrence McKenna, shout out to Joe Rogan. There's some folks that really look into this whole uh, stoned ape theory is like, yeah, Yeshua was, was, he, he saw the burning bush. All right. And there was some DMT in that joint. And, 
my man, my man saw, and then my man spoke about it and shared it. And um, I forgot there was like this Egyptian tree, uh, Akasha tree or something like that. Um, any, any context in your, in your lens on that? Like that's, he was literally a shaman. He was like a revolutionary Hebrew shaman. Yeah, he was a, he was a psychedelic pioneer and he was offering medicine um, to people so that they could break through their illusions. And I mean, that's what these medicines are here for. Like they are not here as a recreational tool. They're not here to be outlawed or made illegal or, or demonized, but what our culture sees in them is truth. And our culture is built on the framework of illusion as, as its way of keeping itself in motion, you know, perpetually. And, and Yeshua as a shaman, as a healer, was just offering an, a kernel of truth and was and people were able to see him and see his and see his offering and his message and his word and what was coming through him and and they wanted to they wanted to touch that and just just like it's happened systematically throughout our culture throughout time he was persecuted because he was offering truth and he was going to break the system <laughs> and and uh, you know his his path was what it was, and but I think that in the Christian paradigm, in the in our culture, that it's our culture is the Christian paradigm. It is right, and it's based on fear, and it's based on it's based on fire and brimstone, and it's not. And, and you know, I was talking to Ella about this the other night. It, you come into a body, and people, you know, write words on a on a page and put images there like this is what a banana is so like identify this identify this identify this identify this don't even worry about the space that it's occupying don't worry about the quantum potential energy there you don't need to worry about that but then there's this concept of god which is the most potent you know invisible force on earth and you're not going to be able to feel it or see it and especially not going to have these experiences in church but don't worry about that you just need to follow suit and you know like make sure you're not you know, digging in holes that you don't belong in, you know, and that sort of a thing. And so, which is the complete antithetical process of awakening. Like we dig, we, we explore so that we can understand. And, uh, and I think that like, as we've talked about before with Christ as a fractal and representation of that light that's within, within each of us that can be activated and awakened, um, that is just, a, it is just, it's inherent. And I think that that's what Yeshua was tuning everyone into is that you are, you know, omnipotent. Everyone here can, can, can walk on water. Everyone here can, can make miracles. And if we had a, a culture that was more tuned to, to awakening the light that was within us, which is what the yogic path is, which is what, you know, all these different things that we are, that we are tuned to because we are looking for that light that we would be time traveling and stuff we wouldn't be worried about materialism and we wouldn't be doing this thing these higher beings that are outside of our solar system or within them whatever they are they're they're focused on light consciousness the law of one you know like raw they they have spent their culture was like well we need to figure out how to operate in this way and our culture has been meant to suppress light within you know the consciousness of our people and therefore we have heavy materialism and pornography and things like that that keep 
the homies trapped, <laughs> you know, in this. It's trapped. It's a Saturn trapped in Saturn. Yes. Right. And 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 uh, you call it a Christian kind of world. I think that's one of the the most confusing parts of it. Where it's like, oh, it's Christianity. It's Christianity. It's good. It's like, mm, it's actually Romanity. It's yeah. Roman. It's Roman rape culture that took Yeshua's real shit and they fucked it and they they edited the books and it got misinterpreted. It got misunderstood. And yeah, there's some churches. I've I've been to um, this church in here in Waco, and there's been several moments where I I practiced Tathagata. You know, I'm practicing Tathagata. We talked about Tathagata, right? Yes. So it's this like, you know, diamond mind Buddhist, con not concept, but a state where the I is really, you're playing with dissolving your own I am and going prior to your I am. And so I'm in church and I'm practicing Tathagata or or rather there is the practicing of Tathagata. And, and <laughs> there is noticing of, uh, you ever watch the show uh, Travelers? I don't think so. It's a great show. Uh, it's very indigo, uh, Aquarian age template, New Earth vibes, um, Netflix. Uh, but I, they're in the show that they have these things where they call, um, uh, I forgot the name of it, but you basically go, and you're a new, you're a soul that just came into this body. This is your first moment here. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, I guess I'm this guy. Like literally it's a, they're called travelers. Like they're travelers from different times. And then certain people are about to die, but they time their entrance into the body when they were going to die. So it's like a, the body was about to be dead anyway. And it's off to do these missions. It's pretty oh, cool. Wow. It's awesome. on some like, it's on some like hidden light codes for sure. You and Ella would love it. I'd check it out. Your mom, your mom too. Um, but I, I was noticing from that vantage point where I, I was like, okay, if, if I just popped into here for the first time, I had no context, I had no words. <sighs> and I'm in this room now and there's all these people singing music and there's this cross. And then I'm feeling in the intention. I was like, man, these people love something. Something is radically causing beautiful ceremony. And ceremony. One, one listens to where it's coming from and what's causing it. It's the most transcendental, powerful signal, fathomable that's the good stuff where it gets wonky is where it turns into social hierarchy stuff the true signal is undeniable but the social hierarchy that's the weird weird um and so that for me is that's the roman catholic christian distortion field that's not yeshua's true teaching um and there's all these glitches in, in the matrix of christianity that you can kind of unwrap it for the one who seeks to truly see um you know look up council of nicaea look up Constantine's kind of motives, look what happened to the edits of the Bible up to the King James, uh, the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel of Enoch, these books that got edited, the Gospel of Mary. Um, the, the, there's several lineages that teach what Mary Magdalene was really doing with Yeshua. And that shit was Isis lineaged tantric alchemy that was for the purpose of spiritual salvation, enlightenment, and the highest dharmic potential embodiment possible which basically says yeah yeshua was the chosen one and the homies really saw like yo bro you you the one my guy like we should help because this is an opportunity mary was same vibe and and the kind of the idea is that we've we've turned into this hyper masculine worship culture where it's like yo mary was critically critically important yeah um, 
from from uh, I wanted to return to this other signal you brought. Uh, you know, it's like for someone like you and I, beautiful cardinal. Um, what what a powerful image to just see a cardinal in a blue jay sitting on like a brown tree, and you're just like looking at browns and grays in nature, and then like you probably can't see it, but you can at least see the color palette. Oh yeah, and it's just like you know, in that color palette, all of a sudden there's just like a bright red, and then like a bright blue. And it's like yo, God is lit out here. Yeah. Um, but uh, red and blue, female, masculine, water, fire. Um, so speak speak a little bit more, if you will, on um. Well, there's a you know it's a Zen koan. I think none go none get to the Father but through me. And it's really a it's really a. It it causes one to ask a question. No, none get to the Father but through me. Well, then who is me? is is the helpful question that's what, that's what that's what the raja yogi would say it's like nah not jesus jesus is trying to help you see that you are that i am that nisargadatta um what has and we've personally worked on you know raja yoga kriya yoga as like an implementable tool on a practical daily level for really consciousness embodiment and if you're no, if you're noticing some stuff that's going on in your psychology like there's tools for that you know um what has the medicine work shown you and even in your own words because we know i could spend some time talking about it but in your in your languaging what does that phrase mean and point at and what has medicine work shown you about that term or that phrase, none get to the father but through me. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I think that there, in my experience with, uh, like in the deeper, more transcendent states uh, of medicine, that, that there, is, there is a gateway that, that you get to and that you, that you that you have to cross over a threshold uh, that threshold yeah yeah and 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 i sometimes i i see it i've seen it envisions you know as a as a gateway like as a as just sort of a there's a there's a yeah there's a threshold it's a plane it's a new plane yeah and you have to and you have to surrender you have to you have to sort of melt like physically and and also um emotionally, psycho-spiritually, mentally, and just allow for the power. Because, you know, the, one of the most powerful things that I've heard, and I heard, I'm not sure, I can't remember who, who said this to me, but um, I, it was my, my friend Atase, we were in a channeling session and the angels were speaking through him to me about this. But that with, we- With medicine? About medicine, hmm. about some of my work with it, is that, is that the medicine and us, are, it's a synergy. So the medicine would not be able to travel to these dimensions without our, uh, without mm. our genetic code, without the biome that it op that it like clicks into to operate. And then we together take a trip. And what when we get to this gateway or this threshold, it hands the baton over to the higher spiritual consciousness that's available. And then the medicine's like, all right, see ya. Like I've I've gen I've actually been sort of walked to this gateway or like you know 
grandmother ayahuasca or DMT or five amio bufo or whatever it is, they walk you to the gateway and they're like, okay, here he is. And then you go through with this, with this greater consciousness or a guide that comes through the greater consciousness to pull you into it. And, and the, 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 the term, the term that you're speaking about is that you have to like fully embrace the truth of who you are, which is the ultra all powerful God consciousness manifest in a body. And that, and that, you know, you're capable of, of any and everything. And that, I think that that potential reality is so overwhelming for people and almost more scary than, than anything else that that's available because, you know, we're humans and we have fucked up impulses and things that come through our, through our body and our subconscious mind. That's just like these little voices or these impulses to do certain things. And like, I'm all powerful or she's all powerful or they're all powerful. But the, the trick is that you have to open that, doorway in the heart and lead with through the heart and make decisions and processing through the heart and subdue the mind which is the process of yoga and the process of of really allowing for the monkeys that that try to distract us from the truth which is stillness which is like omnipresence which is infinity that is available through tuning into the center and so i think that that koan speaks about the medicine allowing us to go into the heart and get the information that, that where the, the you know this this is the gateway between the lower chakras and the and the higher more subtle chakras so this is like the gateway of the heart and like I've heard Ram Das talk about the, the the chakras and the path upward being like a like a like the Amazon you know river where you're you're like flowing down it in the first three you're like this all these very like primal sensory gratification you know processes and then it gets like really weedy and grassy and there's a sign that says turn back now you know like there's this there's this like the human part of us is like oh i don't know if i really want to want to go there and when you can tune in with the medicine to the full capacity of the heart uh, of anahata of really being able to work with that energy that that there isn't really anything that's not conceivable and that the things that are inconceivable become um, very apparent and very tangible. And um, I think the medicine is, it's, it's, it works miracles in our consciousness because it allows us to just see the truth. And I think that everyone that is opposed to it doesn't realize what the truth is until they've seen it. And so the truth is this humbling, like, dissolving like energy that doesn't have a question and doesn't have an answer it's just there is no just is there yeah there is it's just aware pure awareness and there is no opportunity to ask or answer or or point or be pointed at you know it's just this pure still silence this just and when you can tune into that all the other neuroses, all the sexual impulse, all the anger, all the different, it just disappears. And it doesn't have to be fought through anymore. And it doesn't have to be struggled through. It just evaporates. And you're in the presence of this greater awareness and intelligence that has the answers and all the questions within it. And it's and it becomes who you are and it's just moving through you cellularly. And, and this is what the, the enlightened ones that we reference uh we're talking about you know it's just like you just like 
you're able to tune in through these medicines and and that's what they're that's what they're on earth for you know that's what they're that's what they're here for because a lot of a lot of our people have fallen asleep and a lot of our people are choosing that you know daily and like because waking up is scary you know it's it, it is it is you walk through these the forests of fear in these journeys because it's just breaking down it's just mowing the grass you know it's just like just clearing out space and walking, so, through a, walking through the jungle of the unknown with a machete of love absolutely yeah and and if you if you get moving fast enough <laughs> you don't really have you're not even really able to see what's falling down or what you're chopping it's just like all going at once <laughs> and yeah you know all the all the kite strings are being you know axed and so it's 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 really intimidating but the value in it is that you're you're able to get perspective and, and you can't you know and like enlightenment is is a process and an attainment that is like held but for anyone and everyone to be able to just get out into the awareness and understand uh, physically, metaphysically, spiritually, mentally, that this is, oh God, like, oh God. Like, That's what you say when you're there. Oh God. Yeah. And it just, it opens and you're, and you're able to see that perspective. And just like, you know, with some of these Raja yoga techniques and some of these ways of just like stepping back out of our human suit and watching it and just seeing like all the different little mechanisms that are in place. And by asking the question of like, well, who am I? What is this? Who, who, who am I that is like experiencing all the, and the deeper you go, the more there is no, <laughs> there's not really an answer other than just the silence. But the more that we can use these tools and get perspective, and and experientially become aware of these things i know you and i are big fans of krishnamurti and that's like his whole tip it's like don't listen to anybody just go find it yourself you know and tune in to that truth that frequency that is always available you know and i think that that's that's what the medicine allows you to do it's just like you get you're able to be in the river on a boat and being able to see and experience and feel and integrate and so i think that it's through me is the heart through me is the as the gateway of the heart into the the divine into the you know the more subtle realms of existence you know, i think that that's like the, the koan uh, that's a pretty good soliloquy for it <laughs> uh, uh in in closing and just as an appendage to that an addendum to that um i saw this image while you were speaking of like you're just moving so fast through the forest or the jungle. Um, my second sit with Aya really anchored in jaguar medicine and like not as an idea, not as some like, oh, this is more spirit animal. Otorongo. This is, huh? Otorongo. 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 And that's what lineage word is that? Jaguar. I think it's, it's uh, Peruvian. That's, I've, heard it, I've heard it in the well, an Ecuadorian lineage, but it's it's uh, Jaguar. Yeah. So for me, Jaguar is Christ. For me, my my integration happened the more and more I saw like, yo, Christ doesn't want to stay psychological. Christ has to be biophysical, and that means electromagnetic. That precedes all emotional moods and states. And uh, that koan for me, it's like, yeah, that's the I am presence. But if the I am presence is too registered in this upper psychological space, 
and someone doesn't have one of one of these experiential tangible knowingnesses of what they are and who they are then they don't live in the heart they just don't and i've, I've seen this as you know it's become like a fad in the spiritual community people saying oh it's spiritual bypassing it's like well i think that's part of the disconnect of separation where uh, a certain person might be living in their mind mostly so their i am is mostly a mental identity but what jaguar medicine and hummingbird medicine is is like christ wants to be in a body that's why you're in a body it came here for this reason that really gets you into this kind of like it's not it is forceful it is kind of forceful if you sit in if you sit on a big heavy tide in the ocean that's fucking forceful yeah let's just go for a swim yeah good fucking luck <laughs> yeah how about this for some love <laughs> you know and it's it's a it is it is kind of paradoxical in that it's grace and simultaneously like do this or you'll literally die or you'll you'll end and i think that's where um the Terence McKennian kind of phrases of like death by astonishment, um, you know, these other phrases that people who do this psychedelic, it's not psychedelic trip work. It's like therapy for my soul. And these medicines help me see clearly. And then I come back and I'm a waking state, normal person again. And whoa, holy shit, fuck. I got to integrate what I just saw because that's real. And now I'm in a normal waking state consciousness. And this is real. But I remember seeing this essence. I remember feeling this truth. I remember experientially, tangibly touching a knowingness that my mind can't know. But if my mind obeys my heart, which I can only get to through this thing called grace, then I'm closer. And that's this door that we kind of knock on. And yeah, to me, that's, that's the koan's meaning is the I am presence is everyone has to go to source through that passageway that that is the the road that is narrow and few will walk it um because it's not it doesn't have immediate fruit this world has immediate gratification ready sensory objects ready but you want to walk there you got to be done with these sensory object pleasure portals sure. you have to turn away and walk to this other place and if you walk away from this place people will say you're crazy and you have to have faith in a, new, in a new kind of way. And it can't be in the mind. It has to be in the heart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And the, the, the point, too, that, I, that, I, that came up while you were speaking is um, that, that you're going to go back to the source anyway when, you're, when your body is ready to expire. And what the opportunity that you have now in this lifetime and this incarnation is to get to know that energy while you're still in, on your feet and you're still walking around and you can still do good in the world and leave an impact and leave a trace a legacy a a, a light of the, the christ light through the underworld you know his ka like leaving a, a trail of light for others to follow and when we're able to tap into that frequency while we're alive because we're going back regardless you know it's like and a lot of people don't really have that concept dialed either but like that you will you will ascend the you know the ladder and you will go back to source and now you have the opportunity to to integrate and use this as a betterment for humanity and 
and self. And that, that's this uh, that's this phrase that many on the psychedelic healing journey have heard, which is uh, you got to die the good death or die before you die. It's like it's like that. This whole work is about practicing the experience of death, so that when you you really get familiar with your own ego death, the kind of idea of death becomes less and less scary, and you become more and more freed on a daily tangible waking state reality you're like kind of less concerned with the idea of death time dissolves the idea of ahead future stuff dissolves becomes less and less relevant and this present now becomes more and more potent more and more prominent yeah definitely yeah and and i think too that the death practice is also so that and and these and the psychedelic work is so that when our soul is traveling outside of its outside of you know the sensory overload that we've had for 85 years or however long it is that we're able to stay centered and we're able to sort of choose in these dimensional realms like bardo it's like you know if you're a groundhog and you come out of your and you're out of your hole and you see your shadow for the first time in the sunlight and you're not ready for that you just jump back into the hole and it's the same thing with consciousness if you ascend to some of these dimensional levels that you have not ever witnessed before, your consciousness gets scared. And from what I understand, you just sort of, you can reincarnate into a situation that's not as favorable. So it's like, I think doing this work is preparing us for exploring those fields and, and can't ever really know what's on the other side, but well, we can certainly take stabs at it and, and really like try to bring some of that energy down. There's, yeah. a, th there's, there's two myths that come up that to me are are strictly biomechanical myths um one was the the uh, when you were just mentioning that one is the greek one and then the other is the egyptian one and i forgot the dude's name but in the greek situation it's like the soul's dead from the body and now you got to transition from this world to this other world and there's this homie that has like a canoe or something like that and you gotta you gotta pass on this river vibe and I forgot exactly how it goes. I don't want to chop it up. And then the other one in Egyptian is the, the whole thing of Osiris dies and Anubis is the one that carries you, it transitions you from this world to the next world. And you get weighed on this feather or you get weighed against a feather, the scale of Ma'ath um, is, is that image right there. Uh, yep. And it's like you get your soul is weighed against the weight of a feather and yeah, basically, like how you show up. I mean, at least my interpretation is how you show up in that moment, and how you showed up in that entire incarnation. That that basically is a is a karmic mirror. It's a it's what you know. What is a scale? A scale. You step on the scale, numbers appear. What does that mean? It means that this is my enumeration or my equivalent in this measurement. And why why is there this this same the same theme? in all of these myths, even in the, you know, Christian myth, it's, uh, well, the whole thing of like, God will judge me and, you know, yeah. Will I be okay to go to salvation and in, in the good place, or did I not do so good and I go to the bad place? Um, and, and it, and it, for me, it's like very, very pragmatically integrated in this psychedelic work that, I mean, yeah, man, I want to, I want to talk to this brother, that used to be governor of Texas. And like, I mean, I'm sure there's so many veterans out there. And like, to me, this is also a thing where 
it's a cool thing that we're recording this and it'll be public conversation because like to me that's part of the work that we're meant to do together is like you know yo bro i got a call bring bring your guitar and whatever else there's like some veterans some homies that were in like iraq or something and like they're ready to work with the medicine and we got to bring our music and and help them move through that it's like wolf wolf all of a sudden you feel christ jaguar light real clear and i don't need no christian's authority or permission to to follow this medicine's calling because there's there's people with trauma that understand yo this medicine is is it is gaia saying i love you i got you let me help you understand why it happened if you can understand why it happened you can integrate that it happened you don't have to suppressed that it happened anymore and there's things that you need to feel and here are some guides that i've trained and they'll help you feel that and if you allow that you accept that then you can embrace that then you're with that and you're not separate from that it's all it's all about this this different pathways into the same pond of stillness that's that non-duality real experiential place um no separateness i'm not disjointed i'm not against myself and yeah stepping into this work is like are you ready to be holy you ready to be whole you ready to be unified you ready to be together not at odds with oneself yeah Yeah, it's it's such it's such necessary work and and I can feel it, and I'm sure you felt that it's not for everybody. Right. And maybe, and, and maybe somebody will have a, you know, an experience towards the end of their time when they're like, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm 85 now. Maybe now I'm ready, you know. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not this incarnation for them, but I think more and more as we see that firsthand, it's like it's not our job to push nobody into it, which is for me why those kind of dogmatic lenses are so icky. It's like, man, you must not understand how free will works and, and you, you got to let somebody you consent. Right. Like, I didn't, I didn't ask you to throw that at me. You got to come to it. That's that gracefulness. Right. And that's, that's a great, like the, the Anubis, the, the, the picture that you just showed is something that I think some of the more fear-based paradigm Christians should be reminded of is that like you will be weighed and what do you think what is true what is goodness and what is compassion what is grace what is forgiveness what is what are these main principle concepts that are just everywhere around you and the book that you're holding and like you know the these things are being asked of you and are you listening are you tuning into this and one of the things that i didn't get to touch on that i want to touch on briefly is that one of the experiences that i have had and i'm so grateful to have had is that i got to play in in gospel church when I was in uh, South Carolina Mm. I have seen a more accurate depiction of the power of the Holy Spirit in some of these rooms you know there was a there was a a church that I played in and one of my mentors his name is Roger Cliche and he played with D'Angelo in the Vanguard for a while and like a very one of the baddest keyboard players I've ever heard and it was a the church band uh, him and this incredible bass player drummer and I was playing guitar and I see people 
and go into complete fits, you know, like sobbing and like convulsing and shaking. And I, you know, I had a experience with one of the pastors there one time. And I think it, it really moved me so much because this man had had an extramarital affair and been found out by his congregation. It became a very humbling process for him. And the people that believed in his word stuck with him and his congregation severely reduced, but he was on the pulpit talking to people about it and being transparent about his mistakes and his darkness and like, you know, where he, where he's come from and like what it helped him to realize. Mm. And this channel was wide open. Big, beautiful African-American man just like pouring his heart out, sweating profusely because the air conditioner and the, the church area wasn't working in the summertime in the South. And a baby starts crying and doesn't stop. And he speaks, uh, you know, some sort of a tongue. And I felt the energy go past my head because this child was behind me. And the child just went, just going from complete hysteria to him directing an energy and sending it through the field to this child and then put the kid to sleep. And everyone in the congregation acknowledged this and was just like, better tell him, you know, like, and that is the energy of, of truth that is available. And that's what this man, however, you know, however, you know, upended some people would feel in a, in a, a Roman Catholic sort of Christian ideology when the, when the preacher's up there saying he had an affair with someone, you know, an extramarital affair and that he, that he sinned. But that's where the juice is, the truth. It's like, this is what I am and this is what I did. And this is my salvation. The truth is my salvation. The truth will set me free. And, and, and he, just through accepting and moving through that, he has the power of miracle available to, to him and to be able to witness that. Um, Powerful. Such a gift, yeah. It was a really, really, it changed my perspective on a lot of things very quickly. And when you say that he spoke in tongues, like non-English words, you know, came up. Something like that, you know, some, like in these, in some of these settings in some of these churches, people will go into speaking in tongues that sound like ancient sort of African languages and they're just flowing and just mm. coming out. And, and this man is, he would, in between speaking English words and sermons and the band is just up there shredding, you know, just like playing some of the craziest music you've ever heard. And the whole congregation is up on their feet, sweating and dancing and getting crazy. And, and, um, and he's, he's, they, they, there's like a language that sort of comes through the channel and it, and it's not, it doesn't really have a, a, you know, a meaning that we can sort of point to, but we can feel, you know, that it's viscerality. What was, the, what was the sound complex that you said? It was like a shambhala or something like that. And he sent it just across the room and the baby just went, <sighs> completely silenced this child, just like that. And I was just like, you know like it froze it froze me it like it stopped me in my tracks because I felt the energy that he was working with and I felt it move past me or through me or whatever it was and watched its effect on the physical um space that I was in just like oh this is not an experience that I had as a child in church I did not feel that energy and I did not 
really trust the people that I was hearing this information from because they just weren't honest with self. And isn't that the issue that we're talking about here? Isn't that non-integration means I'm lying on a deep level about who I am and what I am. And I'm illused. And I'm, I have an illusory perception. Illusion. And, and I think that <clears throat> that's where in the Christian paradigm, there's an obfuscation of our really understanding what sin is or what impulse is or what these things are. And, you know, Ramdas talks about if you're, if you're like, if you used to smoke cigarettes and you haven't smoked a cigarette in 465 days and four hours and you're still counting, then you're not done with it. You're pushing it away. And through some of these really rigid Christian uh, rituals, people suppress sexual energy and suppress all these different kinds of energies that, because they don't really know what to do with them because they're not truly looking at them. And, and because they, there's this dogmatic echo chamber of reality that causes them to be deeply afraid of that and rather deny that it's there than to acknowledge that it's there. Right, right. And to embrace the truth of our, of our impulse, just like shut it down and, and, but to acknowledge it, to witness it, to give it love, and then to allow it to just be what it is it dissolves and it becomes something that we can work with. And it's like some of the work you're talking about with Christ and Magdalene. And just like, you know, there's, there are these energies, these potent energies that can be used in certain things that our culture has demonized, you know, that, that Christian culture has demonized and that we don't really understand because they're mystical, they're esoteric. And so um, the natural impulse is to push away rather than to walk through and the psychedelic experience is no, 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 no. You don't get to push anything away. You don't, you have to look at this and you can't hide. All of it. Face it. Yeah. My brother, blessings. And uh, we just dove into quite the multi-dimensional tunnel rabbit continuum. Um, Thank you for always a blessing yeah. thank you blessings thanks for jumping in the river i said the word rabbit and it reminded me the new matrix comes out like i think tomorrow tomorrow wow Dude, it's on i'm ready <laughs> i am ready for that one i kind of want to have like a group discussion with like as many homies as watch it like get on here and just like talk about it together that would be a vibe do it I'm, I'm here for it word um Anything that you want to plug or mention or, or, or promote or send energy or attention towards that you're working on that's, in, that's present or in your world? Well, I'm working on this record, this Sun's Lament record with you and uh, sort of witnessing your, your growth as an artist and a producer and just like, you know, I want to um, commend that and really, you know, applaud the work that you're doing with your family and like, you know, just really looking at some of the things that you come here to look at and doing it with, with courage and, and with truth. And I just, I plug that because that's the way to be, you know, and I'm working on some records and working on finishing an album myself. And um, you can find me on Spotify as a Myrion, A-M-Y-R-I-O-N. Or, uh, and I have another label that is Moon Talker, M-O-O-N-T-A-L-K-R. And that's how Rock On Us sort of synced up. We didn't, even, we didn't even mention that at the beginning. That was one of the mains. We we're like, what? Pretty interesting. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm working and, and things will come to surface in 2022. It's going to be a good year for the, for the family. So, 
bless to, to continuing doing this work with you and the consciousness uh, evolving is really potent and i feel it and i really love talking to you brother so thank you for having me likewise brother deeply deeply so much gratitude for this reflection of a brotherhood that we got here um and yeah uh um oh remind me the name of the yoga studio in highland park or uh kinship kinship yoga there's events there that are happening if anybody's in the, the socal area um i know you play there sometimes and then also other events in the socal area sometimes but probably stay tuned on your on your instagram is that where people can find more about at Moon Talker, M-O-O-N-T-A-L-K-R. Bliss. Beautiful. Um, so much more very soon, I'm sure. And uh, I'm sure we'll find that record in the other hard drive or something. Yeah. Blessings, bro. Talk soon. Love you, man. Blessings. Love you. Peace.